0: Welcome back to Next Scene Podcast, the podcast taking on the ghost of Christmas past, one scene at a time, although that doesn't make any sense because that's not what we're doing in this part. But welcome to part two of our special holiday coverage of A Muppet's Christmas Carol. I'm your host, Sean.
1: And I'm your other host, Brian.
0: And with us uh, all the way from deep, dark Gotham, it's our very special guest, Niall McGowan. The next scene, hosts like to be,
1: UNEMPLOYED! <laughs>
0: yeah. How would you like to be podcasting on the unemployment line?
2: <laughs> he gets a lot of, a lot of like, material out of that unemployed bit. <laughs> it's like, it's like, every day, is every single day, like, all right, I got three unemployed in me today. <laughs> yeah, he just goes back to that well. His like Christmas I'm... treat is like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll give myself four unemployment threats <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> Um, So as you probably guessed, we
0: are continuing to talk about I'm Up It's Christmas Carol. Today, we are on to part two, roughly about the second 20 minutes of the film. We start with uh, Bob Cratchit asking Scrooge for another shovel of coal on behalf of the cold office rats. And we end with Cratchit letting us know there's only one more sleep until Christmas Day. Mm. As a shooting star wishes us all Merry Christmas.
2: Well, you say that though, it it actually ends in a much more like, uh, darker Mm. note. Yeah. Where you think, oh, nice ending. And then there's like five seconds of being bunny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, you you were feeling good for a moment. Well, Mm. we'll we'll fix that. Mm.
1: (laughs) Is it bad? Is it bad that I like this chunk of the movie this much?
2: No. Oh, okay. Again, this this, is, this like, is some great stuff. Yeah. Well, the thing is, this movie is like well, it's all great, so there's not really going to be a bad chunk, I don't think. But yeah, they're they're all good.
0: Well, and this is almost um, perfectly split. Like the first five minutes or whatever or so are very faithful to the original. There's we get a lot of line, a lot of the dialogue is straight from from uh, Dickens, and then the second part is complete. It's just Muppet. Like the once uh, once Scrooge leaves in the book, it follows Scrooge back to his home. And for the film, we stick around and we see Bob Cratchit and the rats, you know, cleaning up and, and closing down the the office for the night. And that's like, you know, none of that is in the book. So it's it's um, yeah. So it's a nice split. There are a lot of things, you know, in the film as a whole that are
2: very faithful
0: to the original,
2: like the first <laughs> half of this that oh, it, was well, just one of those things. Like I, I think most people I know would regard this as like the best adaptation of a Christmas Carol because most of it is like, well, <laughs> the stuff they're doing faithfully is done very faithfully. So you're getting the whole story. Like it's all here bar, you know, the ghost of Christmas present, having those two weird kids under his robe and stuff, but <laughs> and everything else is just like, yeah, that's, that's the story. All right. That's, so That's the story.
0: But, yeah. Um, and so we, we, I, I just wanted like, so going back to just kind of moving a little bit in order as much as we can, starting with th- these office rats are the best. Um, <laughs> I love, so so when when Cratchit is asking for more coal, they're saying, our our pens have turned to Inksicles, our assets are frozen. <laughs> I like, you know, it's I, I
2: enjoy a good pun. A good mm. rat pun, a good <laughs> office worker rat pun. That's the thing like not to because I know you guys are going to ask about like you know history with the movie and stuff um way you know, like you know later on in the episode but um I just think remember this bit because yeah I don't know if you want me to jump into this. yeah, yeah, yeah it we now. can yeah, yeah we can do, just do that now so yeah but... no because it is relevant to what you're talking about at least but uh it's thing like, I don't think I saw this until probably about three years after it came out and it was it was on television because I was well aware that the Muppets Christmas Carol was a thing, but back in 1992, there was no local cinema in my hometown, so you would have had to drive to like you know a distant town to you know to, to go see it. And neither of my parents drove at that point, so basically, I just knew that there was a film out <laughs> with the Muppets <laughs> in it. And the thing is, I, I distinctly was like anticipating seeing it for a long time because I did get uh, on VHS probably the Christmas of '92 or '93, uh, the Jungle Book. And it had the trailer for Muppets Christmas Carol in front of it, and this was one of the scenes that was displayed prominently. I remember they had that our our you know assets are frozen was in the trailer, and uh, the, the the you know Heat wave, This is my eye. like that was one of the, the main jokes they were selling in it and stuff. So for like probably about two or three years, I was, sitting, I was every time I watched the Jungle Book, you'd have to sit through a trailer for Muppets Christmas Carol and like that looks pretty good. I wish I could watch that, but even if you tried to get it out of the local video store because it's a kids movie. Mm-hmm. In, like, and there's two video stores in the whole town, and there's limited amounts. Like, it was always out, it was always rented by somebody. So, yeah, I don't think I saw it until probably like '95 or '96 when it was on TV. And, um, yeah, so it's kind of eerily prescient that you've sent this particular clip because it's like, oh, I would always associate that with the trailer more than anything else. And That trailer was weird as well because it actually had, um, a, the reason I think I, I took that trailer as much as I did was that it had the theme the theme music from Beetlejuice in it. That was right, what they were, yeah. instead of like any Muppets stuff. I think there was some some songs from the actual films in it, but they are like I guess they felt ghosts and shenanigans Beetlejuice, so you sure. put that music on top of it. Because <laughs> I had seen that when I was a kid. I was like, oh, I love that movie and I love that music. So now I'm even happier to watch this trailer now that it's got these right. two things combined.
1: Well, and now, is this it, movie a rewatch for you every year?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. At this point, yeah, it's it's because it's, it's always on, and it's always like around Christmas Eve or something, where you're just like, ah, I'm not doing anything else. It's like, oh well, you know, I put Christmas carols on <laughs> at some time of <laughs> the day, like a multiple channels. But it's one of those weird ones too, because they play it way on after. I remember it, sometimes I kind of associated with um you ever get that 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 post Christmas lull, mm-hmm. which is like the opposite of what we're doing now, because we're recording spoilers for people. We're recording this way before Christmas time. And it was weird to watch it that early in the year to be like, oh yeah, it would usually be like this would be in like darkest December. I'd be watching this, mm-hmm. but uh, I've seen it sometimes where it'd be like January eighth, <laughs> and they show him up. It's <laughs> Christmas Carol, and it's just like depressing
1: because it's Are like you sure? <laughs> it's over now. Why, you why the eighth? Are you sure it wasn't maybe the seventh or the ninth? It could have been. It could have <laughs> been. I, I, but I do
2: remember like the times like going back to work and stuff, and like um, you'd see people have like you know TV would be on in like a break room or something like that and you see like Mother's Christmas Carol still <laughs> showing but everyone's back to work it's like that's just, you don't have that now just get it as soon as it hits like the 31st no more Christmas stuff have a few more holiday movies for the first and second or whatever and then cut get all that stuff off the TV because it's just it's just depressing to people have to see like remember that good time you had like a week ago <laughs> yeah but it's well, gone I mean, now
1: not to get too far off topics, but uh, it's what, <laughs> it is what we do. But I, I, around here, I don't know how it is for you over there, but I, I mean, Christmas, it's already started. I mean, Sean, I think you've probably seen, yeah. I, I mean, you go anywhere, de- you know, the decorations are for sale. I mean, maybe not so much the movies, but I mean, it's ramping up. As soon as Halloween's over, it starts. Mm.
0: Yeah, like in, <laughs> in the market, like November 1st, all the, like all the orange and black, stuff for Halloween is gone and now it's like the Christmas candy and Christmas decorations. It's um, at least for, yeah, for retail, it's, it's Christmas season here in, in the States. It's a little nuts, yeah. but um, now I wonder, so you mentioned it being on TV now there's a, and you, but you didn't see it in the theater um, at least here in the States. There's, we get a different cut. The the TV cut is, is a different version of the film than was released in the theaters. Do you get the, um, during the the Christmas past scene, the song between Scrooge and I forget her name, Scrooge and,
2: and, you know, his young love, the, um, never did. I I was aware that there was some different cut of the movie, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Like, is there something about something, something something about a girl with nostrils or something like that? I remember hearing (laughs) something about like, she does
0: have nostrils. Yeah. But there's, so there's a (laughs) song, um, when love is gone, when, uh, uh, you know, his his young love leaves Scrooge recognizing that she'll she'll never be number one. She'll always be second place to to work, um, you know, in his life. so she she kicks him to the curb and sings a song. But it was it yeah, it was it's they thought it would the, the executives at Disney thought it would be like it was too slow and kind of too boring for kids. So they cut it from the theatrical version but put it back in. Well, it's weird because the the cut is kind of awkward. Um, and once you see the full version with the song, you definitely see like wh- where the cut is. And also they bring it back at the end, um, like the very last scene before the credit rolls, they're all singing when uh, when when Scrooge is at Cratchit's house and they're all around the I table.
2: The love we found. Yeah, oh, when love said. is found.
0: That's <laughs> a reprise of, um, what was it? When Love is Lost is the song no. that the the woman sings with, with Scrooge. So it's like, well, you've got a reprise for something that was never – prized in the first place <laughs> um, so yeah so
2: so over in in the UK you don't you don't get that song no that's no that's like never that. I've never I don't think I've ever well the thing yeah. is though if I had ever seen it when I was a kid or something like it could turn out that the Disney execs were right <laughs> and I was just like no it's way too boring <laughs> like I, <laughs> I wouldn't have retained that information yeah yeah all right but, I have but to yeah, say I, though I, like you could could this be uh Michael K because this is a, one of the first shots you get of them without his uh, his hat here. Is this like the worst hair you guys have seen on the next scene podcast since uh, young Bill Murray in Scrooge when he had the the crazy mullet thing going on? Yeah, I don't know if it's maybe it's something with
0: Charles Dickens and and, adapt- and adaptations off the Sea of Others also have weird hair because it's it's yeah Michael Caine has got layered of there's a bald cap but then like a wig on top of a bald cap to make
2: like thinning hair. It is very, I think <laughs> it's it it like, it It kind of looks though, weirdly accurate. Like Michael Caine, if he grew his hair out now, mm-hmm. probably would just look like that. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like they did a really bang up job. Cause the, if I didn't know, I would be like, that's just, yeah, that's Michael Caine was that old back in 1992, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's a little funny because um, the DVD commentary I
0: have, by uh, the director uh, Brian Henson, he actually mentions that during the scene. He mentions like the difficulty with kind of thinning, no, not completely balding, but you know, just kind of this job of, of Michael Caine's hair when he could have been wearing a hat because he's you know he's obviously miserly with the coal and, and doesn't want to heat the office properly. We see him; he's sitting at his desk with his full overcoat and gloves on. They just could have easily have him, you know, have a hat, wearing a hat here, and then he's like. Maybe has a, a um you know a sleeping cap when we see him back at his um, you know his his home or apartment. Um, you know, we yeah. just have him wear a hat the whole film.
2: I guess so maybe like cause he's, he's he's such a stickler this guy. I know a lot of people do have a hang-up about wearing hats in the house. Mm-hmm. So that's a very thing. to like, you soon know, you take your as, soon as you walk in the door, you take off your hat. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. if it's just like the traditionalist in Scrooge is like, nope. Even if he's absolutely freezing to death. And he keeps everything else on. He's like, yeah. no, you take your hat off when you get inside.
0: If nothing else, he's still a gentleman, knows to yes. remove his hat. Um, which is strange that you mention that because Scrooge not wearing a hat inside, uh, when nephew Fred comes to visit, which is coming up soon, he takes his hat off. Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker, the, the gentlemen that come up calling asking about a charitable donation, they do not remove their hats. Inside the yeah. office. And, and maybe that's why Scrooge doesn't give them any money because they're being rude. <laughs>
2: <These there. days. laughs> so maybe a bard, a man wearing a hat indoors. <laughs> um, maybe I it be... oh, sorry, sorry.
1: <laughs> oh no, I was gonna say this is a great this is a great intro uh, to to see how Scrooge is. It just shows you I in in a few minutes, you just you see. I mean, obviously it's a it's a well-known story. But you could just see the guy hates Christmas. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: People are afraid of him. They, hate, you know.
2: I wonder if it's like, is it all year round he's this intensely hateful though? Because he seems like he's on like a razor's edge here. Where like yeah, a, maybe they, like, I think like, like in the height of summer, if they come to him and they're saying something, would he be like, would he roar at them? Or is it like, no, it's nowhere near Christmas. So like he's still grumpy, but <laughs> he's not just, that grumpy.
1: Is it just holidays? Like maybe it's like, oh, President's Day. He's like, get out of here! You want to be unemployed? Like, well, you know, sorry, sir,
2: it's it's St. Swithens Day. is coming up. <laughs> everyone who wishes a Mary St. Swithens Day should be—I don't even know what the St. Day <laughs> traditions are—but they should be boiled in them.
0: <laughs> well, don't you, you have don't you have kippers for breakfast? Is that the tradition? I do know Sweden? people who
2: have kippers for breakfast. I've never <laughs> had them myself. <laughs> I know people have kippers for breakfast on Christmas Day as part of their tradition. Mm-hmm. They're, these are very English people, though, and they're like proper from proper like posh families, and they're like, "Oh yeah, so Christmas, Christmas uh, breakfast is kippers," and then you have, and they always refer to it instead of Christmas dinner. It's always Christmas lunch and things like this. It's like hmm. I don't know. I think maybe because my childhood is so Americanized from just been inundated with American media <laughs> that I'm just like like even now in in this movie when they mentioned like gooses, like the Christmas goose, I just like. It's turkey, and it? like that's that's turkey. the whole deal. <laughs> they said you, it's the yeah,
0: so I, uh, I uh, do these very English people do is like goose
2: something that people eat. I think oh they they would probably have goose. Yeah, I think they're very mm-hmm. much in... like they would be the type to sit around and play like you know a spirited game of the minister's cat and, and things like that <laughs> on Christmas Day. Because <laughs> uh, we've but got the, lots
0: of gooses. Like I wonder because we eat you know here in the states we eat chickens and turkeys mostly, but mm-hmm. there's lots of geese around. I would think that. If we ate geese, like we're not, I don't think there's any danger. We're not going to run out of geese. We could stand to eat a few.
2: You should and decrease the
0: surplus of <laughs> geese population. population. <laughs> decrease the surplus. Yeah. Um, so back to the film, we get Dickens. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Charles Dickens, as played by the great Gonzo, introduces us to Scrooge's nephew, Fred. Now, this is one of the departures from the original. In in the original, we don't learn Fred's name until he's addressed during, um, I guess, I think it's the, the ghost of Christmas present when when Scrooge is sort of spying on his nephew's family and they call him Fred. Otherwise, in this section of the book, um, he's just referred to as Scrooge's nephew. But in the film, we, we learn his name is Fred. And uh, he has something that, uh, speaking of direct quotes from the book, uh, this line is a Dickens original. Though it never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe that it has done me good and will do me good, and I say, God bless it. That's, uh,
2: that's Dickens right there. He could uh, he could turn a phrase. That's the, the 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 thing though. It's like because we we covered a Christmas movie on Batman during mm-hmm. Batman Returns, and this is like the closest him his delivery of that line. Like it has done me good and will do me good, and I say, God bless it. It's <laughs> it's so close because in Batman Returns we always. Talked about because you had Chris Walken playing Max Shrek, and then you had his son Chip Shrek, played by a guy who was just doing a Chris Walken impression <laughs> because he's his son, so he would talk like Chris Walken, right? Mm-hmm. And of this course. is the Fred's some points it's like, oh, I wonder if he has ever tempted to just do the Michael Caine impression and be like, I love Uncle, I've just blown your bloody door off, and I? To go the full full hog in, but then it's like no, oh, Michael Caine, it's he no. it seems a bit scary. Maybe he would even say something, but
1: it's just by then was he well I was gonna say by then I I mean was was Michael Caine we were talking about this on the last episode where was he in his career at this point I mean he was obviously famous
0: like he wasn't
1: huge so so, he wasn't you know he wasn't
0: Alfred Pennyworth yet right but he had been around for so maybe to do an impression I mean he had been acting since the 60s
2: so he had been you know he
0: was 30 years into a career at
2: this I think point he, he, at this point he was uh he's a, a, an english institution at, at mm-hmm. least because of alfie the massive hits in the uk the italian oh, yeah. job was a massive hit in the uk it's like michael and get carter massive hit in the uk and stuff so oh, he was like he was ma- he was a huge huge star over here like they had um around this time in the early 90s they used to have uh, the sketch show harry enfield and friends had a character called michael payne uh, and he was he was the nosy neighbor And everything was, it was just a guy, it was just Paul Whitehouse from The the Fast Show doing a Michael Caine impersonation. It was always like, hello, my name is Michael Payne and I am a nosy neighbor. Now, I was spying on the woman across the street the other day and she fell and banged her head off the mantelpiece. Do you know, it was four whole days before anybody came to her aid. It's a bloody disgrace in his town, I'm telling you. (laughs) <laughs> so <you> like, uh, <laughs> that was the That's whole good, sketch it no. was the variations of that over and over again oh.
0: yeah so I, I don't know how much of his early work you know was, was big in the States Well, because a lot of it got remade it Has we you know there's Hollywood remakes Alfie, The Italian Job, Get Carter um, all Michael Caine films that would later mm-hmm. be remade with American actors in Hollywood but then he had he'd stuff you know he was uh, major roles in uh, dress to Kill, Death Trap educating rita um in addition to we we, we talked um or we mentioned uh, in our first part jaws the revenge oh, Of course. um you know so of, of course um and and well dirty rotten scoundrels with steve martin so he had had some lead roles um before this
2: you know he he would be pretty well known Have you guys talked about like there were there were other pitches for scrooge right there was like I've seen the other names mentioned. The only one I was like, ooh, I would have liked to have seen that was George Carlin they were considering, which is like, oh yeah, the George Carlin as Scrooge and the Muppets Christmas Carol would be a really interesting... <laughs> but at the same time, I think it was Michael Caine's idea to play it so straight, which is why it works so well because he's he's playing this as if he's on the stage, like right. in the friggin', you know, the Royal Shakespeare Company or something, whereas George Carlin might have been a bit more... Although it's a very, he plays a very straight in Bill and Ted, I guess, so... He might, but he might have been more inclined to be like roll his eyes at a few Muppets kind of right. things, and, you know.
0: Yeah, the the other actors mentioned, uh, both, you know they're mostly comedians or comedic actors, and while they could have played it straight, you've gotta you've gotta know before, and you can't watch the movie and go, well, gee, I really should have done this, you know. You gotta have the insight ahead of time to go like, no, I've gotta be, yeah, I've gotta be Scrooge and let the Muppets be Muppets, you know. They're gonna be the
2: comedy um okay. <laughs> at least though because he doesn't then have to they do address it in this movie but like there's the weird thing of like Scrooge. this movie is set in england scrooge is english all the muppets are american <laughs> but then like there's i thing is in the last number the, but we're like they're having to sing in response to michael caine so he says something about it, raise raise your glass and all the muppets have to say raise your glass like they just you know the american accents are just like oh we're supposed to say glass, but gloss. gloss. So, so there's a weird little bumps like that, and then like other versions of a Christmas Carol, we're like George C. Scott is a great Scroo- Scrooge, but he's very, very American. So it's, <laughs> it's very distracting. We're like we're talking about London and stuff, but this man is very blatantly from like Minnesota or something. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of of humans that are from. Uh, Britain or, or England, uh, Quick, just quick mention of the actor who is playing Scrooge's nephew, Fred, uh, Stephen McIntosh from uh, Cambridgeshire, England. Uh, known for some other things. He did a few other things, probably maybe best known for a couple of the Underworld films. Uh, most recently, or more recently, was in the series uh, Wanderlust. Um, and also uh, in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. And speaking of Batman, we're all... This whole everyone in this film uh, is connected through uh, Michael Caine, who is in Quicksand, uh, Mm -hmm. the 2003 film with Michael Keaton. So we're all we'll get a little bit of a Batman connection here.
2: Of course, I should. I think I did mention this in when we did Planes, Trains and Automobiles. But this this movie is my degree of Kevin Bacon, of course, Mm -hmm. because uh, you'll be talking about in a couple of episodes time. But because I was in an episode of Hollyoaks with an actress, actress called Jessica Fox, who does the voice of the Ghost of Christmas Past in this. And, you know, she was in this mm-hmm. with Michael Caine, who was in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with Steve Martin, who was in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles That's with good. Kevin Bacon. So I was like, oh, man, oh, man baby, I'm with the green. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. i think, well, I'm, oh, sorry, go ahead. go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say, we'll, we'll get to it in, in that section. But in the commentary, Brian Henson is very complimentary. Of her reading for the part said she came in and just like read it like first take
2: that she was just great you know got exactly what they wanted for uh, for Christmas past. She's unfortunately now though because she's still on Hollyoaks. It's one of those sort of things of like once you get a lead part in a British soap, you could look <laughs> at it as a good thing. It's like that's you set for life. You never have to leave. They'll keep paying you to come in and do the same thing every week for years and years. But like imagine for a lot of people, it's like it's kind of a slow death. <laughs> <it's> like yeah. <laughs> If you'd like to do something else and it's it's gonna get into like where do where do I stop and the role begins. Like I've been playing this character every week for years and years and years nonstop. It's like it must at some point it's just gotta get tiresome, basically. But um although what I should say because I did a little digging into Steve McIntosh and he he does have an impressive feat of having featured in most of the nineties British cop thrillers. Cause in the nineties British TV only knew how to make investigative cop dramas mostly you know like focused on middle-aged curmudgeonly white men uh, <laughs> so i think he's in of all of them he's in the bill which of course actually anyone who listened to the first season of batman will know because that movie was filmed in england mm-hmm. nearly every single other actor who wasn't like the a lead role was in the bill at some point <laughs> um poro uh van der volk inspector morse between the lines magritte the Ruth Rendell Mysteries, A Touch of Frost, The Chief and Prime Suspect. These are all just like <laughs> 9 p.m. your mom and dad watched them on a Sunday night cop dramas. But like he's in all of them. So it's pretty it's pretty impressive. It's like again though I think British TV yeah. just didn't have anything else going. They were just like you're either in this or Eastenders or Coronation Street. And so if you're an actor <laughs> yeah. from Britain around that time, you're probably in one of those movies like or one of those shows. Much like if you're like an actor from Australia, You're definitely would have been in Home and Away or Neighbours. That's just one of the things. That's all they have in Australia is these two TV shows. So if you want to make your way out of the country, you got to star in at least one of them to to, to, just get your visa snapped. I guess. Yeah, I
0: know when they were when they were talking about in a similar vein when they were talking about the on the Mad Max minute. uh, Oh, yeah. Friends of the show Julian Ricking, and when they were talking about the first film, they talk about you know what other stuff the actors had done, and it was like. Yeah. All like the same two Australian soap operas that I guess, I guess, you know, George Miller just showed up on the set one day and said, Hey, I'm, I got these cars and, you know, crazy outlaw biker stuff. Do you want to do that? And everyone was like, yeah, sure.
2: It's a genuine thing over there. I think it's, it's just like, that's how you make your way in the Australian Mm -hmm. industry. It's like, you have to be in one of these shows. Cause even now though, like I was sitting way back when, when did the first Thor come out? Like 2007 or something? And it's been years mm-hmm. since I've seen Home and Away, but I was watching this guy, and I was like, that looks like the guy from Home and Away. And then it turns <laughs> out, yeah, Chris Hemsworth was in it as well. <laughs> you can't get away from that damn show. But one thing, I'll i, I I'd be very curious, actually, like if you guys want to, you obviously be asking other people when Fred reappears, but uh, here's the thing, and I don't know if this is a hot take, but I hate Fred. I hate him <gasps> with a passion. I think he's a smug just slimy little git, and I actually, I actually prefer Scrooge as a presence over him. I think because because mm-hmm. Scrooge is a guy; he's just minding his business. He's just trying to get his work done. He doesn't like Christmas nowadays. You see people like making appeals on YouTube and stuff, and people are like, "Look, Christmas is a very traumatic time for me," or whatever, and they're going like, "I don't celebrate it myself." Uh, and, you know, seeing all the lights and stuff, it's very triggering to me because I went through some trauma at Christmas time, things like that. So for hmm. Sc- looking at Scrooge now, it's like, yeah, he's, you know, guy's had a rough life, he's had a rough go of things. So it's like, you know, he doesn't like Christmas. Just let him get on with his life. But Fred, he storms in. He's got he's got the wreath and stuff like that. He's got the freaking yeah. holly. And it's like, he's not a stranger to Scrooge. He knows that Scrooge hates Christmas. He's come in there, and I'll tell you what he's actually here for. <laughs> he's here to get material. Because he knows <laughs> I'm having a dinner party tomorrow. And everyone loves me taking the piss out of my old uncle Scrooge because everyone hates him. So I'm right. gonna go in and like, oh, you'll never guess what he said to me yesterday. Oh, stick a of holly through his heart. No, it's so only on his way out. He's like, you know, what would be even better. Hey, Uncle Scrooge, why don't you come to dinner? That'll make, I'll go down a bomb. Everyone will love seeing this crotchety old <laughs> kid like sitting in the corner. All my friends will think it's hilarious. So everything about him is just like I. Because I, I know people like Fred. He's just very self satisfied mm-hmm. and very smug. <laughs> and it's just I I, I do not Ooh, like him. I I, I yeah. drastically dislike this person. And I kind of like I'm kind of baffled as to like how often does he come in? Because is he
0: like <laughs> Is it just when whenever he's having a dinner party? Like I, I need I need stories, I need material. He yeah, he, he is when you say he's a git, cause he's so the, the gentleman come in collecting for charity and he's like, you know, and, and this is not is not his home, not his place of business. He's a visitor. He's a guest here, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that guy over there. He's gonna give you money." Yeah, too, and because
2: he knows Scrooge is gonna turn them down, he's just like, "This will be fun." Yeah. yeah, that guy. Oh yeah, go bug he, him. You know,
0: he could be, you know, warning. You know, you can ask, but just heads up, you're you're likely to get an mm-hmm. unfavorable response. Like he could set expectations, but instead he goes the other way. Yeah, he's like, "Oh no, that's this guy, he's loaded." This is, you know, this is the big fish right here.
2: Mm. He, yeah, he so- brings that wreath, knowing that wreath isn't gonna make it. Like he's like, uh, uh, he's probably waiting outside. He's like I bet he throws out, th- like I've got a bet on with him. My friend's either gonna throw it out a window or the door, or he's gonna chuck it <laughs> in the fire. Like three way bet. Let's see which there's way there's a goes.
0: pool going of where this wreath sends up. Well, and they don't. I don't think he mentioned. You mentioned, you know, some people Christmas is a, you know, it can be a, a traumatic time of year, and they they don't wanna have it constantly shoved in their face. I don't know if it's mentioned in the film, but it is in the in the book, the novel, novelette, whatever it is, um, that Marley, I think Marley died on Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve. Like like this is the
2: anniversary of his business partner dying. So again, yeah. like he could have been like, yeah, I mean, the Marley, like uh, fond memories of the Marley's and they died yeah. around this time. I don't want to remember that. So Out of, out of respect for the, the Marley's. Yeah, I don't make a big deal. And it's the thing that we we come across it all the time now in Batman. And it's actually a thing that they're addressing in the comics where it's like, no one more, people are more socially aware now of like, well, you know, a lot of criminals, these street thugs and stuff, they're just guys who are like, you know, stealing a loaf of bread or like, you know, they just got nothing else going on. They've had hard lives. And then Batman comes out and he's freaking breaking their ribs and stuff. And it's just like, is that really justified nowadays? And you can, you know, we debate that all the time in the show. Mm I still am kind of hung up in A Christmas Carol. I was like, yeah, these ghosts terrorizing this man into being nicer. I was like, you do not going to be addressing his old problems. Like, think Scrooge could benefit from some therapy, quite frankly. Like, maybe then he would naturally, through his own volition, come about to love Christmas. But it's more the fact that, like, yes, here is here is your little grave. And if you don't change right now you're gonna
0: die and everyone's gonna hate you <laughs> like, yeah you're I mean, gonna die and we're gonna kill timmy
2: tim, tiny tim yeah. if you don't shape up yeah. that's the, one of the questions too like well you know when we get the was it Be- beanie bunny or bean bunny i can never remember Be- the, bean bunny yeah bean bunny. bean bunny because we see at the end we hit the whole like well tiny tim who did not, not die but we see Bean Bunnies. Out, like he's out freezing to death in the streets as well. He's uh, does he get any of Scrooge's kindness? Or is yeah. just like he wasn't in the he wasn't in the Cratchit house at the right time when Scrooge was visited by the ghosts. Right. One of the ghosts could have been like, by the way, the, the, this kid outside really needs your help too, man. So after that clip, I'm expecting it to be like friggin' Groundhog Day. It's, you know, Bean Bunny lying on the floor, and Scrooge's like, come on, breathe, pops, breathe, come on.
0: Uh-huh. We'll have to keep an eye. I don't remember if if Bean makes a, a show, you know, in that last scene at the the Cratchit household. Maybe, yeah, maybe he doesn't make I mean,
2: it. I think he has to. He delivers the turkey, right? So, oh, yeah. So he, yeah, he must be there because yeah, so he could the be little like, boy after, there after that. Though it's just like, well, you're not one of the Cratchits, so get the right. hell out <laughs> like, yeah. back to the streets with the kid.
0: Well, though he gives him, I don't, I forget if it, you know, it gives him some silver for for picking up. Though I, I yeah. That, that Well, that's just, I mean, well, that's later on, but that's kind of a strange thing. Like, I think around here, if you just stopped a random passerby and be like, here's some money, can you go to the store and get something for me? They're not coming back. They're just taking your money. Oh, yeah.
2: It could be, though. The, the fear of Scrooge is throughout the town. Yeah. <laughs> so. And he is the well, kind yeah. of skin flint asshole who'll be like, I remember that kid. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, how often does asshole, he
2: track how often
0: does he give out money? I would think like if you get anything from Scrooge, you just take it and run because you're never gonna get it again. Yeah, he's <laughs> going kind of like halfway uh, on a train to freaking, I don't know, Swaziland or something. Yeah. I mean, because you know, I mean, we at that point we know Scrooge just changed, but you know, this random bunny doesn't know.
1: Yeah. Scrooge yeah. is known around the town as being, uh, no pun intended, a Scrooged. Right.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. That's why it's. Good. Okay. Well, I mean, the whole the, the first, you know, the first part of the podcast, whole first ten minutes is them singing about what an awful guy
1: that he is. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's right, right, right. Which, well, and which makes I think we me should...
0: think like this isn't. It's not just Christmas, and I can I can sympathize. Like, if you are not into something, and every single conversation you have with every single person is someone bringing up that thing. Like, if you're not, mm. like, you don't follow politics. And every time you talk to someone, they're like, hey, you know, there's an election going on or whatever. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, similar to if you're not into Christmas. Like, he doesn't, we don't see him going out of his way to to do anything. for Like, he doesn't help people, but he isn't
2: hurting them either, really. Um, other than the, the people other, he's evicting from his home. But. Yeah. I think of other versions of A Christmas Carol, I've seen where Scrooge is portrayed as more malicious, where he is actively, mm-hmm. like, chucking people out of their houses yeah. and he's... You know, I think the Kelsey Grammer version—he has a whole song like "Oh, this all my dues," and the, you know, <laughs> swarthing through his his business, like yeah. destroying lives on his way out the door, kind of thing. But and that's what it is very much like—he hits Bean Bunny with that wreath, and basically beyond turning down people coming for charity, he's like hey, he's just a guy mind his own business. Like he just wants the he wants the work done. He just wants to <laughs> continue on with things. I don't know that does he does he have a weekend? Does Scrooge acknowledge the weekend as like, like oh, the other, uh, you know, a Sunday, like a, a Sabbath. So you have to take it off. Like, because that's everyone needs a day off a week. Or does he begrudgingly do the weekends as well? Like what's, what's his deal there?
0: I I would, I would, I would think so. I would think at this time it's probably six days a week. They probably do have the Sabbath off. And I think, I, I don't think he likes it. I think he'd prefer to be, you know, in, in business and open and, and doing his thing every day. Maybe this is a Cratchit. One of the things I want to talk about is like Cratchit is very good at managing up, Mm. um, you know, kind of managing his boss. And one of the things, one of the arguments he makes for closing on Christmas, and I could see Cratchit doing the same to to close on Sundays is, well, every other business is closed. So we're not, there's no one for us to do business with. It's going to be a net loss. If you have to, you know, the coal to heat the office is going to cost more than, you're going to make. So you're better yeah. off closing.
2: That's, that's how is. you know, Crumb the frog managed Miss piggy for so yeah. many years. It's like he knows this is how you deal with difficult people. You have yeah. to negotiate around their terms. That's how you
1: manage the talent. So now I think we should get into the song here.
2: All right. Yeah. So, um,
0: so the, the gentlemen leave, uh, you know, Bunsen and, and Beaker, they don't get their,
2: their anything, uh, we'll, so we'll Bunny, say though, before he goes okay. out, uh, as much as I dislike Fred, love his trousers. He's got fantastic <laughs> like plaid trousers. I like his whole outfit to be fair. This is the kind of thing like if I could get away with dressing like this every day, I would. <laughs> but oh yeah, the the,
0: the the costuming. The the great pattern trousers, the overcoat, the waistcoat. He's got a a, a long crimson scarf.
2: Yeah. I'm a a I'm a big fan of top hats too. So just like oh, and, a, yeah. and his is like they're very ostentatious in this era too. Like you you know, you sometimes you got a more slightly sensible top hat but back then it was just like giant that expands out as it goes like a yeah. giant chimney and stuff and um of course like one of my all-time favorite fashion icons is uh gonzo the great himself if you look at the mm-hmm. muppets like normal show gonzo always had pretty cool outfits on yeah this dickens is also very very well decked out so uh i do yeah. appreciate the uh, the attire of the people uh of, you know that they've got on show here yes the, the fashion maven
0: fred scrooge <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I guess his name would his I don't we never learn
0: it do we learn his last name because it's he's Scrooge's sister's son and assuming the sister is married and has taken on her husband's last name, so it wouldn't be Fred Scrooge. it would be whatever the the sister's married name is but uh well, so, so Fred though, then,
2: and, is, is is his sister oh you got I should say this all for you guys when you get to the house, but like is Scrooge's sister there or is she dead I th- I think she's dead. I'm, I don't think they
0: mention it in the film. I think in the in the original, it she's dead. So there's that kind of it's a tenuous connection that you know he doesn't have a the living sister to connect him to his nephew. And if I remember the the party, at least during the the Christmas present scenes, it's all young people. They're all contemporaries, like friends of, of Fred and his his fiance and such. I don't think the sister's there. I don't know if we the screw
2: jet. I don't know. her name. Should, should is also better. mention, though, before Fred actively <laughs> leaves. Because uh, one thing, apparently, and I was impressed with, like, holy crap, this is a, a cast. Because the the actor Steve McIntosh, in a kind of everything's connected kind of way, yeah. another thing he was in in the early 90s was an adaptation of Treasure Island. Oh, right. Yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. Readapted oh, by right. the Muppets. Mm. Yeah. What's the, Muppet. the, the cast, though? It's like, it's this guy, Charlton Heston, as long John Silver, Christian Bale. As Jim Hawkins, friggin' Oliver Reed's there, and Christopher Lee. I was like, holy <laughs> crap! That's a, that is a cast and a half. Yeah, that's a cast. Yeah. So 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 uh,
0: so Fred leaves, Bunsen leaves, Bunny leaves with a, a reef thrown at his head. We get then we get to the scene the um, the rats and Cratchit locking up for the night. This is and the, and the song, uh, "One More Sleep Till Christmas Day."
1: This now this is a good song.
0: This is a good Christmas song. It's, you know, it's not yes. a banger. It's not it's not rocking the way that the first <laughs> two <tune> did.
2: But it's <laughs> getting like the decks out when <laughs> Scrooge leaves.
0: <laughs> but yeah, actually, it will, so it, it, that'll lead me to uh, another question for our guest, which is, um, you know, do you have a particular quote or a line from this film that, you know, that you repeat or, you know, you know from from this section or from the film as a whole?
2: Uh, well, I think, you know, from conversations <laughs> past, Sean, like what my favorite line in this movie is. This is,
1: this is. <laughs>
2: um, my favorite. I don't know if it counts as a line, but uh, my favorite moment in the sequence. And it's just a brilliant bit of puppet work is when mm-hmm. Professor Honeydew is asking for that donation. And he leans on the desk and puts his like cups his face with his hand in this far far too relaxed manner. Of like, so how much should I put you down for? Hmm? And it's just so because you know what's coming. He's yeah. so like comedically relaxed about it. <laughs> That's absolutely genius to me that they thought to do that instead of just having him, but like literally just standing, and talking, or putting like putting out his hat or handing over something. That's Like, no, given a little more of a comedic flair. So he right, probably yeah. just like gives him a little gaze of like, so how much do I put you down for then? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no, yeah. I think another sign of the
0: way that Fred has kind of set up the situation has kind of set up these gentlemen for disappointment and and set up Scrooge for frustration. But uh, so I, 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 well, I mentioned that question in response to to you bringing up the song because my favorite line from this song, my favorite line from this this section, and probably my number one line that I repeat. Uh, in my daily life from the film is one more sleep till Christmas. Like this is how my wife and I, this is how we measure out time for Christmas and otherwise, like how many, you know, how many more sleeps till the weekend? How many more sleeps till Christmas? How many more sleeps till your birthday? You know, this yeah. has kind of entered our vernacular of, of of counting down the days till something is how many more That's sleeps. The thing I think I did
2: when I, before I even saw this movie, I think like as a kid, it's a very childlike thing to like, I, th- I think that's why the song works so well. Cause it's a movie mm-hmm. for children. And that is a very child, childish childlike thing to do, to be like one more sleep until Christmas and stuff. Because I think that's the way your, pa- your parents would try to like to yeah. get you to go to bed. <laughs> be like if you go to bed now, one more sleep and then it's Christmas time. <laughs> um, but you have to go to bed first. It, there, there's no Christmas. If you don't go to bed. Like, I'm right, doing it every... Like, you know, yeah. as you... I know you know, Sean. I'm living with a... Who is now three three years old. But I've had to do that just this week with him. Where it's just like, oh, we're going to take him to the park someday. And he's like, I want to go to the park now. It's like, well, you go to bed now. But the faster you go to bed, the faster you go to sleep. And as soon as you get up, that's it. You're, you're ready to go to the park and stuff. So it's a... It, it works really well in general. And it works fantastically with this movie, too. Because it just... It, it really is definitely cutting into the target audience, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. And we also have, in addition to the, 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 the Paul Williams, the, the great music and, and lyrics, uh, technically, this is one of the most technically challenging scenes of, of the film that Brian talks about during the commentary. And you've got, you know, one thing he talks about like a, getting a puppet to blow out a candle. Mm. It's apparently very challenging. <laughs> uh, well, because it was, so they do it with, you have like just a tube, like a, just a long straw from the, the puppeteer's mouth, but you have to time it because it, it's not, it takes time for the air to get through the tube and then come out the puppet's mouth. So you got to time that. And then also as they're leaving towards the end or um, well, towards the end of the office segment, uh, when Kermit locks the door, apparently it's very difficult to get a puppet to like close a door and then put a key and, and turn the key in the lock, that that was one of the more difficult sequences of the whole film, uh, that that uh, Henson Brian talks about.
2: A lot going the, on. the, the real eye opening things of a commentary where you'd never think about that, but the, yeah. you always assume like oh, getting Kermit to slide across that ice must have been a pain in the ass. And they'll be like, no, that was easy. Getting him to blow out a candle, that's where like that took yeah. days. Days of right. being like, All the puppeteers sitting drawn up blueprints. How the hell are we going to figure this one out? But, yeah.
0: Yeah, actually, says because the, for the skating stuff and like even there's the parts where like when you don't see the feet like, oh, it's just puppeteers moving back and forth like that must be easy. But then there is there's at least one bit where you see for the penguins skating and you see their feet and you see the, them skating around. And the way they did that is that's they just had the puppeteers moving around with the the puppets and then the ice they put in later. That was all just after, you know, post-production to cover it up. So, yeah. So, yeah, the skating bits were relatively easy compared to the the days and days they spent trying to
2: get Kermit to lock the door. That's the one thing, though. I've never seen a frog on ice, but every time I watch this, I'm I'm always kind of like, wouldn't Kermit's feet stick to the ice? Because he's a frog. So his feet are sticky. Like I've always sort of wondered like, oh, if you put a frog on ice, does it slide around or is it big? No, the the suction is so great that it would stay in place. Well, it should. Well, I mean, shouldn't he be hibernating? Uh,
0: well, I, I, I live. gotta good. get that past Ebenezer Scrooge. What you, you, it's hard enough getting Christmas day off instead of saying, <laughs> oh, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep for six months. we will see you then. <laughs> well, cause I, I, I live near a wooded area where there's, there's a pond and there's some water and we get in the summer, it's if we have the windows open, we have to turn up the TV The the croaking of the frogs out in the, the woods nearby is so loud. Like, it it's hard to have a conversation inside the house if, if the windows are open and then, but then in the winter, like not a peep there, you know, as soon as it gets cold, no frogs They're I assume they, you know, hibernating, whatever they do, they're certainly not croaking. Yeah. Um, but here it is. It's, it's, it's the cold of 1840s London or, or England. And, uh, but yeah, but the frog is up and around and he's skating.
1: Well, this is a special frog. It's a, spe-
2: <laughs> it's a special frog. Would be uh, remiss as well in talking about these penguins skating. Uh, if I then mention that, of course, a song by the great Paul Williams mm-hmm. and uh, Paul Williams did the voice of the penguin in the Batman animated series as well. Uh, oh. People who listen oh. to Batman at Returns will recall we did, we did a little deep dive in Paul Williams at one point. Because uh, they're was like, oh, freaking wrote the Rainbow Connection and everything. It's crazy how much this guy's done. Freaking Phantom of the Paradise and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, if you watch the old uh, the Batman animated series, that's the guy who wrote this song is voicing the penguin in it. So um, tragically, these penguins don't seem to have rockets strapped to their back, <laughs> which does make it uh, slightly, slightly you know, a lesser movie in my eyes. But um, maybe <laughs> just, it's, just slightly. Yeah, I mean, well, not yet. Maybe, maybe insert them later. But yeah. you know. <laughs>
0: For the special edition, we'll insert the uh, the rocket packs on the penguins. <laughs> um, I- interestingly enough, penguins native to the southern hemisphere, so you know, not strictly cold. You know, people think of cold and penguins, so that there's certainly penguins in Antarctica, but they go uh, South America, South Africa. Um, you know, some of the, the you know South Pacific islands have penguins, but yeah, you, in 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 Britain. Not so much. I mean, I yeah. guess they, they'd be immigrants. They wouldn't be native to this area, is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they came just because they heard this is the best skating you'll get. They heard like, oh, it's much skating. better than it. to go with those cobblestones. Forget about it. It's <laughs> <That's> amazing.
0: <laughs> apparently, yeah. Apparently, cobblestones are are conducive to uh, huh? to skating. But yeah, this is you know this is a fun scene. You see, you know, puppets moving around and and skating and,
1: and yeah, it looks great. Yeah, and it sets the tone.
0: And more, I don't know, I, I assume like all of the outdoor stuff is filmed on the same set. We see more of the, you know, the the, the streets of London as as built on this set. It's, it looks you know, incredible. It looks good. Yeah.
2: Although now every time I see uh, a Christmas Carol set, I am expecting Bill Murray to burst through. at <laughs> <until>, like <laughs> it's point freaking out. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. I've been in the, uh, the outtakes, you never know, but... Um,
0: maybe stop by but uh and then the and the, the song wraps up with kermit looking up at the there's a full moon in the sky i mean what are the chances full moon on christmas eve but he's saying one more sleep till christmas day as a shooting star traverses mm. across the sky
2: here's a, here's a question though is that a sentient shooting star <laughs> saying merry christmas as it shoots past? because <laughs> <laughs> i like the muppets like i know from growing up on freaking sesame street and stuff they have like sentient sandwiches and things mm-hmm. like that. So is, is it, are we to take it that that's the shooting star is saying that or is it that someone's shouting it from like up the street or something? I don't think I, – I, I don't think the
0: intention – I kind of d- d- kidded a little bit in the beginning saying that the shooting star is wishing, wishing us a Merry Christmas because actually it sounds like, it sounds like Bean Bunny – the, the voice and I know some you know the the voice actors with the Muppets you'll have the same person doing a lot of different characters so maybe it's just maybe it is that that um you know that actor but it's he's doing the voice of a different character uh, but I don't know it's not supposed to be the shooting star that's <laughs> the shooting star. I do think it's supposed to be one of the other characters from from off screen but that it does seem like, like things, it's,
2: though if you've spent so long like getting Kermit to like close the door and yes. blow out a candle and then like watching it in the theater and then people going like it kind of seems like the shooting star saying Merry Christmas and you can imagine the director but like oh god <laughs> it's like we did yeah. I had, like, couldn't see the forest for the trees I was just so focused <laughs> on the other stuff I didn't realize that I kind of yeah, in editing I should have moved it like a, a hair of a second earlier or later or something but uh, you know, to me now I was like yeah I guess the shooting star at the end of its life like it's a meteorite <laughs> it's like oh it's earth it's Christmas on earth now yeah, <laughs> I better Wish this one frog Merry Christmas on the way back. <laughs> As I fall <laughs> to my fiery death,
0: Merry Christmas.
1: Uh-huh. To just say though, Go ahead, go ahead.
2: No, I was just gonna say the fantastic shot though. Like that's a real, like yes, that's the kind that's of thing like gonna, you. Could, say. That's yeah. a real, like you could have a painting commissioned to that shot and put it up in your house. Like that's just like it's beautifully, beautifully yep. done.
1: It so looks it's, incredible. Like, cool. yeah.
2: Yeah, kudos, and that was another thing too. That was in that, of course, featured in the trailer because like you have a shot like that. Of course, we're putting that front and center. Um, And this again, that trailer as well. Though they had a, they had the weird thing where they made it seem like the Muppets. Like it was all the beginning was like, oh, this is Ebenezer Scrooge. He's about to meet someone who's going to change his life, and then he opens the door, and it's Kermit. And so, like for a long time, I think I was under the impression that like the Muppets proper we going to be the ghosts. Like it will be Fozzie was like the ghost of Christmas past mm-hmm. or something. So the, I think of what it did kind of take me aback when you get to the actual movie, it's like, no, it's completely new puppets. Like it's yeah, like the, you know, the, your, your famous puppets are still there, but like we're bringing in newbies to do like the, the, the big lifting, I guess for the. right.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I like the, the way they go, like early on that they were going to go with, known Muppet characters as the the ghosts and actually in uh I don't did I, I don't remember if I mentioned this in the first part but they were gonna have gonzo as the ghost of Christmas past and of course he'd just be the same kind of dark shroud but then you'd have the gonzo, gonzo nose sticking yeah. out so <laughs> so you'd know it was him but then when they decided
2: that'd be kind of uh, when they
0: decided to to have gonzo be uh Dickens then they just that that switched it ball around and I, th- I think it works out better this way. But I think it's because
2: again, this works so well as an adaptation because the like they know themselves to, to do. Like, oh, this is supposed to be the part that's quite disturbing and scary. Mm-hmm. So they get like Gonzo going, Okay, we're out of here. We're not gonna hang about because us yucking it up isn't gonna work. And they will completely tarnish what we're trying to do here. So yeah, having the ghost of Christmas future with Gonzo's nose sticking out. <laughs> Like, if it was intentionally funny, I'm sure it would have been funny. But if you're trying to take it as a, like, this is a proper adaptation where you're hammering home the message of how, you know, grim things are turning for Scrooge, that would have been a disaster, I
0: think. Yeah, I mean, if if you're really trying to instill, like, a convincing that Scrooge has been scared straight, yeah, like, this Gonzo is not a scary monster.
2: I think we talked about it uh, during when you guys did Scrooge, Mm -hmm. like, yeah that they knew in that movie to like, yeah, you've got to make that ghost friggin' terrifying. So like all the stuff where it had the weird TV face and stuff was like, yeah, that's really creepy. That's, <laughs> like yeah. it's made yeah. up disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think you got to treat, got to treat that, uh, that ghost in particular uh, yeah. with a bit more heft. Right. So, and, yeah. and, you know, speaking of, of
0: heft and scary and depressing. So we have, um, you know, this high note, the shooting star, the full moon, Uh, you know Kermit Cratchit uh, saying only one more sleep till Christmas Day as he turns to continue his walk home and all is right with the world. And then like the last six or seven seconds of the section suddenly we the the camera pans down to our, you know, our our singer who is singing for for pennies on the street and is now just he's like wrapped in newspaper, shivering in the cold. Just gotta
2: I really hope you guys do find <laughs> like a, a, <laughs> like a, a, a you know a save like the bean bunny was saved at the end like they gotta yeah. be maybe they do have one subtle shot where it's like no friggin Scrooge gives him the lease to a house or something <laughs> like
0: <laughs> no or no it's it or, you know only life can pay for life it's like well you know Tiny Tim lived but death must be paid so we <laughs> we lost the
2: bunny. I Everything like wow. Scrooge getting up to the Pearly Gates, then, but like, well, <laughs> I redeemed myself. I like, i was so, I kept Christmas in my heart every day. He's like, yeah, but he, Bean Bunny's still dead. <laughs> like he threw a wreath at him, and then the next day uh, he died. Oh uh-huh. no, but he, well,
0: yeah. I was gonna say we know he doesn't die, but um, as you mentioned, yeah, we do see he's he's the bunny who goes gets the the giant goose for Scrooge, but that's the next day. Mm. He may maybe he dies later that day. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll dig into that. I'll see what kind of, kind of follow we have. He was crushed by the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, he was, uh, he, he, you know, he was crushed by the crowds at a boxing day sale or something. <laughs> <laughs> boxing day is, is the day after Christmas for our listeners in the States who maybe aren't
2: familiar with that holiday. Mm-hmm. Do you guys not do, oh, that, that's the weird thing. Like, Again, judging everything by modern standards, the fact that, like, Cratchit has to negotiate one day off for Christmas. <laughs> or over here, by modern standards, Christmas Christmas lasts, most people get, like, friggin'... Well, you know, I shouldn't say most people, because there are retail workers, et cetera, et cetera, but, mm-hmm. like, the, most people get, like, weeks off for Christmas as, as, a, as a standard thing. If you're a kid in school, oh, that's, like, three weeks off for Christmas. Like, it's a crazy amount of time you get off. So it, it, I remember, as a kid, it's been, like, one day one day for Christmas and not <laughs> even getting Boxing Day off, which is like, uh, you know, many ways. That's, that's like my personal feelings around the Christmas period. And this song, the, the song actually sums it up quite well. It's the anticipation is great. Like the right. Christmas Eve is almost like the better day because you're getting all set right. to do something special. And then the actual days is just like, it's so much expectation around it. You're just like, oh, it's okay, I guess. And then I always I always have fond memories of Boxing Day because then there's no there's no pressure then. It's just like, yeah. I just got to kick yep. back. Raiders of the Lost Ark's on the TV. Like there this was great,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah, this here in the states, we're not allowed to enjoy anything for very long. So it's no, a long correct. Christmas season. You have the build up. You have the pressure of preparing a big meal, or seeing family, or if you've you've got to find gifts for people and, and figure out what it is they like or don't like. And then Christmas is one day, and then the twenty sixth, it's back to work and you're not allowed to be married there's no more mary anymore
1: Um, it all shuts down
0: it all shuts down yeah we don't yeah we don't draw things out generally or not uh, the build-up we draw but then as soon as it happens it's right the day after you it disappears the day after halloween everything's gone it's all now it's on to the
1: next holiday on my street right now there's people with christmas decorations up already Mm -hmm.
2: yeah yeah. Like, imagine they'll have to go to work the, like, the next day after the next christmas. day it's just like that's horrible so it's like like oh, i'm not on. one for i know a lot of people like actually john like you know co-host of batman john parker I, I know they take like like near enough a month off of work i think he i think i think john saves up his holidays so then it's like a blowout at christmas
1: mm-hmm. well so, to be fair going to work any day is horrible
2: yeah Yeah. (laughs) but i know in particular like i don't particularly drink on christmas day but i know that john spends that day getting completely pissed basically uh because it's christmas day so imagine then having to go to work the next day with the hangover and also knowing that christmas is over and also Mm -hmm. knowing that it gets back to the drudgery i guess you have the slight reprieve of at least new new year's is in a week so you just gotta (laughs) cling on to that i guess yeah the day after
1: should be a holiday I i agree with you there
2: yeah yeah oh, I couldn't imagine like that whole I think from the twenty third until the second of January at least should be yeah know, a standard holiday a uh, idea. Idea.
0: I agree yeah. I agree um no, I do want to ask you something just getting away from uh the the this section, something that came up in the previous section we have there's in in the introductory song about Scrooge, there's a scene of a puppet working puppets or it's a muppet and the Muppet has puppets of his own and they look like uh, Punch and Judy. Are you um, kind of being in uh, the, the UK? Are you familiar with Punch and Judy? And did, did you catch that reference in the, in the first section of the film?
2: I think I've caught it and I, I am very well aware of uh, Punch and Judy because that, that does seem to be at least in the nineties. I don't think it will get mentioned now, but like when I was growing up, Punch and Judy was still like a cultural presence that people mm-hmm. were aware of and stuff. And, I know now because they had a film out this year with uh, Mia Valsakowska called Judy yeah. and Punch, where it was like a live action adaptation of Punch and Judy basically, oh. where she was getting the crap out of her by her husband and it was horrible. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, that doesn't sound doing, like fun at all. That's, no, it hmm. wasn't fun at all. It was just a horrible tale of domestic abuse. But I think that was the point to be like, look, this is what's a thing that used to be standard entertainment for children. Right. This is what it was actually, for, you know, showing and stuff. Um, but no, I don't think I've ever, I've ever caught the, the the Muppet with the puppets and the yeah. and Judy Show. So yeah, I, so try I have to watch it again next- over Christmas and keep my eyes go. open this time. So. Next
0: time you see the film, it's about seven minutes in. Uh, you know, Scrooge is walking through the streets and everyone is, you know, no wonder the man's so miserable. The whole town is singing about how much they hate him. But there's, yeah, there's the, <laughs> the <it>, every day yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of
2: like a color. Freaking goddamn Greek course, <laughs> Sing about what an asshole I am again.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, he passes like a little street uh, puppet theater, and the puppeteer has a a, a puppet. One, it's like, well, we it, we I think we call it like punch and crocodile. So there's like the I, I think it's the punch puppet with I don't know if it's a cricket bat or a stick, you know, whatever he uses to hit Judy with. But then the other puppet, instead of Judy, it's a uh, it's, I, well, I'm not sure if it's a crocodile or an alligator, but it's some sort of lizard creature. Um, but yeah, something to, to a little Easter egg to, to
2: keep an eye out for the next time Wait. you're watching. Again, we'll definitely get the film another watch. I was, I was actually very happy to, uh, when you guys sent the clips because, like, I assumed you were doing it ghost by ghost again. Mm-hmm. So I was happy to say, oh no, it's like 10 10 odd episodes this time. So it's like, oh, that's great, there's more show. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we, we wanted to do it. Like, the first thought was we'll do it like we did with Scrooge, you know,
0: with, with the you know, the, the three Christmas ghosts and, and Marley and Marley, and then, you know, beginning and end. But, uh, this beginning section, there's, there's two songs before we even get to the Marley's and it didn't seem fair to have, to give a guest two. you know, some guests would get no songs (laughs) like in, uh, you know, like the, the Christmas future section, there's no song. So it'd be like, well, some guests get no songs, but another guest would get two songs that didn't seem fair. So we had to do a little additional breaking. And I think the, um, then the the Christmas pat or Christmas present section also has two songs, so that got broken up as well. So we like you know we spread it around.
2: Yeah, maybe hey, worked out well for everyone, if yeah. I do say so myself. So. Yeah. Well,
0: thank you for saying that. So uh, that kind of brings us into uh, to to this section, the second ten minutes of um up at Christmas Carol. Any any closing thoughts on uh, on this section or the you know Muppets or Christmas or. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol
2: as a whole for me, no, I think like it's just a great this. This is just one of those movies, it's like it's perfect. Like, everything I don't think there's any changes I would make to Muppet's Christmas Carol. It's one of those things of like, yeah, they nailed that. Like, it's absolutely everything that's in it is fantastic, and you can watch it every year and look forward to watching it every year because it's like it's just a little, it's a joyous little film. So, uh, yeah,
0: definitely high up on the the rewatchability.
2: Yeah, it's like some years, you know. People will be like, ah, I'm not doing Die Hard this year because you know we're gonna see Die Hard all the time. But <laughs> if, it, if it comes around to Christmas, it's like, well, you gotta have the Muppets on once. You, you know, it's, 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 gotta, it's gotta happen. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the that, TV uh, will do it for you if you just leave the TV on <laughs> and just don't change the channel. It'll come on eventually for you. Like it just tomorrow. happens.
0: It'll it'll come to you. It'll happen. You have to make it happen.
1: You have to want it every day, and and then
0: it happens. Uh, so Brian, any 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 more thoughts yeah. on this nice, section? Let's nice throw back Sean. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> thank you. This is where I'm I'm starting to like it more. This is where it kicks in for me, and I and I'm starting to enjoy the film.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. Um, so
1: yeah, that's that's it.
2: Yeah, I will I will be keeping an ear out just to see if, if in the other Fred scenes, if people hate him as much as I do. Uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping people do because <laughs> I can't be yeah. on my own. But it's like.
0: Like I always sense. thought, I mean, I always thought Fred was, I liked Fred. I, you know, I thought he was playful. Like he's, he knows his uncle. Like he, you know, so he knows he can bother his uncle more than anyone. Cause he had, you know, he knows particularly what's going to bother him. But I, 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 I found Fred playful, but when you mentioned, him, I'm like, yeah, I could
2: see how he is a, a bit of a, he's a pill. I wonder what like that wedding was like, cause like, <laughs> <laughs> Scrooge mentions that he, like, Scrooge is rich, Fred is poor. Mm-hmm. Although Fred, ironically, kind of dresses better than Scrooge, I would say. He dresses, well, he dresses more flair anyway, so. Yes. To indicate, it kind of looks like he has a bit more about him. But you see that house looks pretty nice, too, to be quite, to be quite frank. But I wonder then, did Scrooge have to, like, begr- he would never have given him money on his wedding day. He would never have given him a gift. Like, had, was he even invited to the
0: wedding? I would think he would. He, I, I'm sure he would have been invited, but he would, he probably didn't even go.
2: He, he I was, was also good. like, yeah, you know, you, you, you guys got a whole other scene with Fred. I don't want to yeah, encroach so, that in on but material.
0: I, <laughs> yeah, but I'll I'll make a note of that. I'll I'll make sure I get uh get you know the future guest take for those future Fred scenes with what they think of this gentleman. Um all right, so wrapping up, if if any of our listeners have enjoyed, and I'm sure they have if they've enjoyed listening to you, Niall, uh where else can they hear from you?
2: Well, I am one of the hosts of Bat Minutes, uh, which is a podcast where we look through the Batman movies from 1989 onwards, uh, one minute at a time. Uh, we've, j- well, I said we just wrapped, it seems like it's actually like a month or two back now, <laughs> uh, finished Batman Forever, uh, so we're three movies deep, we've got friggin' Batman and Robin looming next year. <laughs> the best uh, is yet to come. <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully, I'm, I'm really getting myself in the mindset like, no, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to talk about that movie right. rather than we have to sit and analyze a torturous, torturous movie a minute at a time. Um, but yeah, we've got that. We've got a, a very active Patreon. We've got mm-hmm. uh, all these sorts of uh, hiatus episodes out in between seasons too. So you can listen to us talk about all Prince's movies. We talked about the Catwoman movie last year. Uh, and uh, last Christmas, we talked about uh, Pee-wee's, Pee-wee's Christmas special. With mm-hmm. uh, Paul yeah. Rubin, and uh, this Christmas we're not decided exactly what we're covering just yet, but we will have also have a Christmas special of some sort uh, out during this festive period. So, um, yeah, if you want yeah. To- well,
0: you, you, another uh, it's a great show, one of my favorites, the uh, the the Bat Minute. And uh, a recent Patreon bonus for for listeners that aren't in that are wondering, you know, if that wasn't enough, you did a recent commentary for Beetlejuice. Yeah,
2: that's right, uh, yeah. Got a which lot is a uh, lot of fun.
0: Yeah, a great, you know, Tim Burton and, and Michael Keaton, great film. And and you had a lot of, it was a lot of fun listening to you guys having
2: fun watching Beetlejuice. And so now it's just like, oh, I'm just going to want to do another commentary for Beetlejuice every time <laughs> I see it mentioned. It's like, oh, it's a great movie. I think now, yeah, we're, we're doing more commentaries. We're trying to branch out in the Patreon stuff, actually. We're going to do some, like, album reviews. We're gonna, like, um, gonna I've got the novelization of Mars Attacks. Because <laughs> so, like, we'll me and John go through that, and this is see how that one works out. We've um, been assured by people. People have said like the novelization of Mars Attacks apparently is fantastic. They're like it draws it, it like adds so much more character to all these because you know Mars Attacks has got like about a million people in it. Mm-hmm. But apparently everyone's given their due. They're all given backgrounds and like a very in-depth character analysis. So it's like you never know. This could be secretly like uh-huh. one of the greatest books ever written. <laughs> everyone just <laughs> dismissed it because it was the Mars Attacks novelization. All right. Well, I'll 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 be listening. I'll wait to hear your your take oh,
0: on uh, on that and other things. Yeah. So,
2: oh, well, thank thanks, thanks mm-hmm. you for your patronage, Sean, and for listening to the show. And thank you for having me on for uh, once again. For I always enjoy coming on the 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 next scene because you guys always do. It's always it's the creme of the creme of movies. You guys are always covering because it's <laughs> it's always like Scrooge right up there, Planes, James, and Automobiles right up there, Muppets Christmas Carol. It gets even better. Jesus Christ. Yeah, well I, I I think our attitude
0: is um, you know, if, if we can't do a good job, at least we can be covering good movies.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> at least that half of the equation there. And and thank you. You're uh you you're a repeat customer. You've been on uh, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles and Scrooged. Were you we'll uh talk
2: about uh, auto there the other uh, just a couple of months back. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you've 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 been with us. We always love having you. Uh, listeners, we love when you listen. And mentioning, if you if you if you're just joining us uh, for the the Christmas Carol this year, you can listen to our previous holiday specials at nextscenepod.com. Of course, follow us, uh, Next Scene Pod, and all the social medias. The Jelly of the Month Club. On Facebook is our listener group, where you can uh, chat with us there. And after <laughs> oh, all... wait, no.
2: <laughs> I did forget that you did uh, National Fan <laughs> <laughs> <National Yeah. laughs> It wasn't always Criminal, uh, Criminal, oh, no. movies Club. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know. I, I think we have you recorded saying you enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I think that
2: was me being polite. <laughs> that was before I heard Neil Brown. If you're getting Neil on for this, yeah. I'll be dying to hear what, the, what he thinks of Muppet's Christmas Carol.
0: Um, yeah, well, we'll, we'll see what he thinks. If he enjoyed this one. Yeah. Neil is certainly one who will tell you if he doesn't enjoy. This one. <laughs> and we, we, we appreciate the honesty
2: and, uh, Oh, a, I'm very tense, uh, because, um, we're getting Neil on at some point to talk about real genius, the Val Kilmer movie, and he's never seen it. And I love real Ooh. genius. And we're getting yeah. George on as well. And he loves real genius. And I'm just waiting. It's like, cause Neil's a big 80s. He's an 80s guy. So it's yeah. like, how could you not love real genius? And I'm kind of expecting him to come in and be like, Oh my God, this is the worst film I've ever watched. <laughs> it's like, what? what the-? We had him on. I felt was, uh, you can hear it in last season of Batman when we had him and Crystal Beth on together. And me and Crystal were just like, this is like the best minute of the whole movie. The Riddler and his silver suit. This is awesome. And Neo was just like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> misery guts in the court. He is the Scrooged of the he- movies by a community." community. <laughs> All right,
0: so we'll, we'll we'll listen into that. You can um, you can play the nephew Fred to uh, to Neil. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, this is real genius. Don't you love this? It's popcorn. Get it? It's a house full of popcorn.
2: it's been barging in, delivering Blu-rays of these movies. He he was, all, he was on when we reviewed Mars Attacks. Surprisingly, <laughs> he hated it. So, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm eagerly awaiting future episodes with Neil just to see what what way the the pendulum swings. <laughs> Well,
0: yeah. So we'll 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 stay tuned to that. Listeners, uh, stay tuned here for our our next uh, next exciting uh, section of this film. And after all, there's only four more sleeps till part three of a Muppet Christmas Carol.
1: And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us.
2: God bless us, everyone. Woo. The, the love, love we found. We found. The love we found, we carry with us,
1: so we're never quite alone. The love we found, the love we found, the sweetest dream that we have ever known.